Our scripture reading this morning is from Matthew 18, verses 21 to 35. While you're looking up Matthew, I'll introduce myself. I'm Janet Marney. I've been a member here for a number of years, and currently I'm serving with music, friendship, and hospitality. Now let's hear God's word from Matthew 18, starting with verse 21, the parable of the unforgiving servant. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Well, good morning. Let me add my welcome. My name is Nathan Newman. I'm one of the assistant pastors here as well, and it's a privilege to bring God's word this morning. Our senior pastor, James Forsyth, has been in Scotland this past week leading a church planning conference, and he is headed back here soon and will be back with us in Advent. But today we are celebrating Thanksgiving together as a church family. This is one of my favorite services. So begin to think uh, in your heart uh, what you are thankful for. Perhaps you did that around your own dinner tables earlier this week. In a moment, we're going to pass the mic and let you share with us some of those thanksgivings. So begin to, to think about those things. Let me open us in a word of prayer. God, you alone are able to do the work in our hearts uh, that we need so desperately. So we pray, Lord, that you would uh, show us who you are in this passage, that we would learn to, to love and to forgive like you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So if you've been with us the last couple weeks, we've just completed a series called Difference Maker, where we've been looking at the book of Titus, Uh, Titus summary, Paul calls us to live a life of 
joyful obedience. So what we've been trying to do is connect the dots from what we believe to how we should practically live. Now that you've been loved by Christ, we're called to live like Christ. We expect that meeting Christ makes a momentous, a profound difference in our lives. So today's text, we we see something very similar happening. Jesus wants us to understand how grace changes everything. And so he shares with us this parable, this story of the unforgiving servant. The thesis is this, now that you've been forgiven by Christ, we are called to live like Christ, to forgive like Christ. So the goal uh, in this time is to lead us into a spirit of thanksgiving. And I couldn't help but studying this passage this last week and overflow with thanksgiving for God's forgiveness for us. So we're going to look at forgiveness in three headings. What is it? Why do we need it? And how do we get it? So let's look at point number one. What is forgiveness? The first thing we see is that forgiveness is unending. Verses 21 and 22 kick us off the bat with Peter's question, how many times am I to forgive my brother? Now seeped into uh, Judaism and their tradition were three times. That was sufficient to forgive your brother. So Peter says, oh, I'm going to more than double this. I've got the right answer. And we're like, oh, Peter, seven. Yes, seven times. And what is Jesus's reply to Peter, he says, no, not, not seven times, but 77 times or 70 times seven. The point is that true disciples are called to forgive without keeping count. Our love is not limited by the rules of arithmetic. And so Jesus then gives us a picture of how much forgiveness Costs. And we see that in verses 23 through 27, where we hear this parable kicked off in verse 23. Let me read that again. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. So we hear about this servant, one who was brought to him who owed 10,000 talents. Now, you might have a footnote in your book there, in your Bible. It says this is a a day laborer's wages for 20 years. So let's put it in today's terms. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, the median household income in America is around $62,000 a year. So one talent is $1.24 million in our our money. And I, I did the math for you, for you liberal arts majors out there like me. Uh, that's an incalculable amount of money. 10,000 talents. No, it's, it's $12.4 billion is what this servant owed. And there's no way that the servant could repay such a sum. It was a life sentence. And even that was generous. And so we we see what happens next is astonishing. The king forgives the debt. Forgiveness, we, we know, is not cheap. It comes at a great personal cost to the king. Sin cannot be overlooked. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Forgiveness requires the debt 
be paid. And that's what really forgiveness is. It's paying the debt rather than making someone else pay it. And we see it on display here in this passage. Jesus paid the cost required by the master. And how do we know it's Jesus here in this passage, the master, the king? Uh, commentators say the, the phrase, the king took pity, is, is the giveaway. This is the phrase that's used to describe Jesus more than anyone else in the New Testament, the king who took pity. And so how are we to respond to this incredible generosity We're told in this parable in verses 32 and 33 exactly how we're to respond. Exactly how God has forgiven us to show mercy to others, to forgive others' debts as we've been forgiven, as we pray so often in the Lord's prayer. How many times? How many times are we called to forgive our brother or sister? Unending amount of times, just like God's grace. One commentator on this passage said, someone who does not grant forgiveness to others shows that his own heart has not experienced God's forgiveness. In other words, when we understand the enormous debt that has been canceled for us, we can begin to understand what it means to cancel the debt for others. And so what is forgiveness, paying the debt rather than making the other person pay it. The second point, why do we need forgiveness? Why do we need forgiveness? We see why in this passage as well in verses 28 through 35, because forgiveness is unnatural. Look at the response of of the first servant. The, The king has just forgiven a massive debt, incalculable, one he could never repay. And the very next verse, verse 28, says he immediately went to find a fellow servant who owed a very small amount, a couple hundred bucks, and he assaults him. Literally, he he chokes him around his neck and he says to him, pay me what you owe. And of course, the fellow servant pleads with the first servant for patience. He says, be, be patient to me. And we, we know, of course, because he, he understands that the king has been patient to the first servant. But the, his cries fall on deaf ears. And so the story goes, he's put into prison until the debt could be paid. Word got around of the unforgiving servant's actions and rumors began to spread. Verse 31, and what do we hear happens? The master's anger is kindled and the first servant is turned over to the jailers to be tortured. That's the word there, to to be tortured. This is how my heavenly father will treat you if you act in this way. Happy Thanksgiving. Let's pray. No. Um, Thankfully, the story doesn't end there. Just, we've just finished up a series in Titus. Titus 3.5 says, He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. So we ask the question, has anything changed from Titus to here in Matthew? And of course, the answer is no. The order is important. We've been forgiven an 
infinite debt. So therefore, we ought to live lives of joyful obedience, showing mercy as we've been shown mercy. We, we hear a similar refrain, a similar warning in Proverbs 21, verse 13. Whoever closes his ears to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. We know that it's natural for us to be unforgiving. We uh, want revenge. We want to get even. even. That's our natural impulse. And so a question to ask this morning, if you were to put yourself in the shoes of this story, which character would you be? Are you known as a forgiving person? Or would you be known like this first servant as an unforgiving person? Tim Keller writes, there's no better sign of the real spiritual condition of your heart. There's no better sign of where you're really going in your eternal destiny than whether you forgive or not. And the truth is, forgiveness is unnatural, but it has eternal implications. And so we need it. We need this forgiveness. So the third question, how do we get it? How do we get this forgiveness that is uh, displayed here in this parable? Uh, The point here is forgiveness is unearned. We receive it by God's grace. Prayer request last week by Sasha Gill sums it up, nine-year-old daughter of Peter and Annika. Pray that everyone will know that we don't earn God's love. He is so kind that he gives it to us for free. See, we've done nothing to earn the forgiveness that we have in Jesus Christ. It is free. It is God's grace to us. He forgives us because he delights in showing us his grace. And Jesus, the incredible storyteller that he is, leaves us with a huge cliffhanger. What happens to this first servant? Is the first servant, has he dug himself too deep of a hole to get out of? Is there any way that he could return from this place? And you know what? We're, we're not actually given an answer. We're not told what happens to this first servant, but we know that God's grace is unending. So it's important for us to apply this to ourselves. This is the place where God calls us to respond in this parable. And so believer in Jesus Christ, are you a forgiven person but not forgiving? Are you a forgiven person but not forgiving? The Bible calls us to live lives of joyful obedience. Now that you've been forgiven by Christ, we are called to forgive like Christ. Because the truth is, our fellow servants will see the fruit of our obedience. And not just our fellow servants, but the king as well. And those of you who perhaps have never trusted Christ this morning, know that you can be forgiven an immeasurable, incalculable debt that is called sin. And that as a result, if your heart is 
pull towards thanksgiving for something, someone so gracious and so giving, then direct your thanks to the one who alone shows mercy, who forgives us full and free by his grace. The ultimate servant, the ultimate king in this passage became a servant on our behalf. And Jesus Christ came to live and to die and to rise again in order that we might find forgiveness. He paid the massive debt of our sins so that we could be forgiven. He paid a debt that he did not owe and it cost him. It cost him his life. John, in John's gospel, Jesus' last words are, it is finished. In the Greek, these are the same words. It is It is paid. Jesus' death on the cross paid for the debt of our sins so that we might be forgiven in him and we might forgive others. Jesus offers us grace that changes everything, unending, unnatural, and unearned. I'm thankful today for God's forgiveness. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for paying the debt of our sins, for forgiving our sins by your grace. We don't deserve it, and we certainly haven't earned it. We thank you that by your perfect sacrifice, you've brought us near, you've made us your enemies your friends. We pray all this in his name. Amen.